global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World, Hank Waters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks are lower. Crude oil now at 45.11 a barrel. It is down 4.9%. Gold down 5.30 the ounce to 13.61, a drop there of Four-tenths of one percent. Treasuries falling with gold amid easing demand for haven assets ahead of tomorrow's payrolls report. The tenure down 6.30 seconds. Yield there 1.39 percent. Equities lower across the board. NASDAQ dropping a point. Little change there. We've got the S&P down nine points, a drop of four-tenths of one percent. The Dow down 91 points, a drop of five-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. House Speaker Paul Ryan has sent a letter to the Director of National Intelligence, James Clapper, requesting that he deny any classified information to Hillary Clinton for the rest of the 2016 campaign. Let's find out more about Hillary Clinton, the email scandal, and James Comey, the director of the FBI, testifying before Congress today. We want to bring in Nafisa Syed, national security reporter for Bloomberg News. Thanks for joining us, Nafisa. Tell us a little bit about what is at stake here in terms of the sort of reputation of the FBI and the Justice Department. Hi, thanks. Yeah, today uh, Director James Comey was under an intense uh, grilling from the Committee on Oversight uh, and Government Reform. He was answering a lot of questions about whether there was any kind of bias or political influence from Hillary Clinton, the campaign, um, on his decision not to bring about criminal charges uh, over the use of uh, private email while she was Secretary of State. And uh, Comey reinforced his message from a couple of days ago when he said they would not bring about charges, repeating himself several times and saying that no matter the circumstances, he would have reached the same conclusion. He spoke about how they had questioned Clinton, some of his agents, um, on Saturday uh, and found that she didn't really have an intent to, you know, break any laws. And so, again, saying why he came to that conclusion, uh, Republican chairman of this committee, uh, Jason Chavitz, said that he was mystified and confused um, and saying that there seems to be two standards for people who are, say, famous, such as Hillary Clinton and an average, the average Joe. So, again, they asked him, um, you know, was there any type of double standard? And if so, um, you know, was he – did he take any bribes? Was there any kind of influence? And he kept saying, no, there was no bias, and he dismissed any kind of – uh, accusations or allegations that he was swayed in any kind of way. So he was certainly steadfast on that. You know, it, it was a long testimony, and it's 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 the story once again is is in everybody's eye. But a long in answering many questions, did he say something along the lines of uh, he he did not want to leave the impression that in in similar cases there would not be consequences that others might have to face? Does that then give the critics some grounds for? saying, well, hey, if other people might have consequences for this kinds of action, why doesn't Hillary? Is it just because she's running for president and you guys don't want to upset the apple cart? That seems to be the sense. 
Right, and you you heard that from some of the Republican lawmakers saying that, you know, are you creating a precedent that, you know, say if Hillary Clinton becomes president, she might be allowed to do the same thing, or if there's an average person who were under the same kind of circumstances, uh, you know, had classified information uh, but wasn't as high profile as, as Hillary Clinton, that you're saying that, you know, she might be allowed, he or she might be allowed to get away with something like this. And he said again and again that, you know, being able to establish whether the person actually wanted to uh, break the law was part of uh, what helped determine whether they were going to bring about charges. And so that's what's making it, um, you know, sort of a, uh, a tense a tense discussion, a tense time, because there is a lot of discussion around the fact that, you know, it is Hillary Clinton and the timing of his announcement uh, the other day, uh, just two days ago, where he made the announcement and then Shortly after that, we had President Obama campaigning with Hillary Clinton. So, again, some of the you know, congressmen were asking, you know, did you plan that timing? They were suspicious of how the events unfolded, and again, because of Hillary Clinton being the presumptive Democratic nominee. Nafisa Saeed, thank you so very much for joining us on such a busy afternoon for you and your team in Washington. She's national security reporter for Bloomberg News. Now we turn to Jennifer Jacobs. She's senior national political reporter for Bloomberg News, also joined joining us from Washington today. And Jennifer, uh, certainly the FBI may have declined to file any kind of charges against Hillary Clinton, but we can be pretty sure that Republicans led by Donald Trump will be filing all kinds of charges uh, in their in their remarks over this. What are you hearing so far? Yes, um, I know that that was a topic of, of Donald Trump's meeting with some of the members of Congress this morning. And in fact, one member of Congress said he left that meeting saying that he's more confident in that than ever that Republicans can, can defeat Hillary Clinton now. So it's definitely a point of confidence for Republicans and something that they plan to use on the campaign trail. Can you bring us up to date on the vice presidential candidates for Donald Trump as the Republican candidate for president? Yes. So who knows who he's going to choose? Um, my sources familiar with the search have told me he's narrowed it down to five people that he intends to make up his mind, hopefully by the end of next week, but definitely before the convention. But he truly does not know yet who he's, he's going to pick. The vetting process continues. But in the meantime, he seems to be having a lot of fun. Instead of sneaking around and doing covert meetings with people, he's been very public about it. He had Sarah Palin tag along with him in Colorado Friday to a big fundraiser. He played golf on Saturday with um, Mike Pence, the governor of Indiana. On 4th of July, he had lunch in New Jersey with Joni Ernst, the senator from Iowa. Um, in North Carolina, a big swing state, he had Tennessee Senator Bob Corker on stage with him and flying with him. Then last night in Ohio, it was another audition, this time for Newt Gingrich, the former speaker, and then he caught up with Jeff Sessions in D.C. today. So, And he keeps tweeting about these meetings and talking about it with reporters. So he's just building the intrigue. Who knows whether he will pick any of these people or if it will be someone you know whose name hasn't even surfaced yet. But in the meantime, he's really stoking the excitement over who he's going to pick. He certainly is. Um, is there any sort what's, what's the deadline? I mean, at what? how late can he wait to tell us? Well, he needs to, for sure, at the convention, and we're 11 days out from the convention. But I'm told that he, he will make up his mind next week. He has not decided where he will announce, but he does want to make a, a big announcement at the end of the week. Um, and, you know, in the meantime, he really seems to be enjoying himself, and it seems like it's almost like he's running promotions for a big primetime TV show by dropping all these hints. 
he's testing to see if these prospects can really rile up a crowd and how, how the GOP base reacts to them. But also, even if he doesn't pick, obviously won't pick most of these people, he's showcasing that he has the ability to have elected officials, establishment Republicans, respected people willing to stand up with him. Joni Ernst, for example, you know, she has said that she is not being officially vetted. So it sounds like she's crossed off our speculation list. But just by associating with her, she was the first female combat veteran elected to the U.S. Senate. Just by having her to lunch and being public about that, perhaps Donald Trump helps himself with female voters and with military members, that sort of thing. So just by associating with these people, he's he's trying to promote himself in the campaign. Jennifer, can we just talk about money for a second? Because Donald Trump, what, he raised more than $26 million through online and mail solicitations in June, plus another $25 million at Republican National Committee okay. events. But that's less than Hillary Clinton. She's raised $68.5 million during the same time period. Uh, are we just going to see increasing amounts of fundraising? And is the GOP fundraising machine working? Yeah, so Donald Trump is really, really proud of that 51 million number that um, was for both the campaign and for the GOP parties, even though you're right, it was um, much less than Hillary Clinton. But he pointed out he was ramping up. He was just becoming the presumptive nominee. He was just getting his fundraising operation going. And for him to raise that much money in such a short amount of time, they really started trying new tactics, doing emails, these mass emails to um, Americans asking for small donations. He got his sons involved. Um, People really respond. Uh, to his children, to Ivanka, to Eric, to Don Jr. And so he he was having his sons send email solicitations. He's been advertising on Facebook. So he's, he's just starting to branch out. And he told members of Congress this morning, in, in their closed door meeting that he expects his July number to be much bigger than his June number. So uh, inside the Trump campaign and outside, when you talk to people on the Hill, uh, are they, I mean, Donald Trump continues to say things that uh, maybe delight Democrats because they think they're so terrible and outrageous and will turn off voters. But they also seem to annoy Republicans because they're off message and they seem to be concerned that Donald Trump has a hard time controlling what he says. Too much shooting from the hip. What are you hearing? Right. Um, I talked to several members of Congress after their meetings and uh, Reed Ripple from Wisconsin said he's still not backing Trump. He he said the reaction in that meeting this morning was muted. Um, but Trent Franks from Arizona, a uh, congressman from Arizona, said he was a vociferous opponent to, to Donald Trump. He's now one of his most committed backers. So it's it's just, you know, I was I was told in this meeting this morning, Donald Trump did mention that 51 million that he raised. People raised some concerns and said, can we trust you to follow through with these promises that you're making on the campaign trail. Will you reform wealth, the welfare system? Will you help us defeat ISIS? Will you help us secure the border? And his answers to these members of Congress this morning, according to some of the members, was very satisfying. So for the most part, many of these members of Congress left these meetings and told us that they felt pretty good about it. There were some tense moments in the in the meeting with the senators um, uh, we're hearing. Uh, the Washington Post reported on that. But for the most part, it sounds like they're building unity. People who didn't support him before are now telling us that they're starting to come on board and they're, be, and they're very confident in him, in him. Thank you very much for spending time with us and uh, illuminating the uh, battle for the presidency. Jennifer Jacobs, national senior national political reporter for Bloomberg News. You're listening to Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox, my co-host Kathleen Hayes, and this is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.